Now, as some of you may know, I have just returned from a sailing trip aboard our 1984 sailboat, Grace. Sailing is always a humbling experience, especially when your boat is 38 years old. There's always some kind of a problem, and be assured we had many this trip, but that's another sermon. Sailing is also akin to one of life's great truths. And that is, as hard as we try on land or on sea, we cannot always reach our destination and our goals, which can sometimes be a really good thing. Enter today's reading from the book of Acts. Now, it's helpful to keep in mind that the biblical words for spirit and wind are one and the same word. Their bags were packed. The chart was highlighted. Paul, Silas, and Timothy had it all planned out. They were going to Asia and preach the gospel. They were about to realize their lifelong dream. And then it happened something that rocked their boat. The Holy Spirit would not allow them to go to Asia. On land and on sea, the Holy Spirit said no. So next they tried to go to Blithnia. Not a bad second choice. Blithnia was an extremely wealthy suburb, and that would have really helped their capital drive. But the same thing happens all over again. Verse 7 does not mince words. When they attempted to go to Blithnia, the spirit of Jesus did not allow them. Now, what do you make of that? They couldn't go to Asia. They couldn't go to Blithnia. Instead, the spirit blew them straight to Troas. From Troas, they set sail from the island to the island of Samothrace, and next they sailed to Neapolis and finally to Philippi. On land and on sea, instead of saying yes, instead of allowing them to realize their dreams, the Spirit rerouted them twice. I am reminded of another sailboat trip my family and I took a few years ago. We were sailing from Nantucket to Newport. And suddenly the wind shifted straight out of the northeast and began gusting above 30 knots. So with the wind and the waves and the current in our face, we were getting nowhere. And to top it off, my wife and dog were starting to look green around the gills. But I persisted. I had a plan. Come hell or high water, we were sailing to Newport. And then it happened, this huge rogue wave came over the bow and over the dodger, drenching us to the bone. And looking back, it occurred to me that that was God pouring cold water over me. And it worked. We tacked to port and headed to the nearest harbor. And suddenly our sails filled in and we were lifted above the chop. What felt like a roller coaster became a magic carpet ride. Two hours later, we arrived at Cuttyhunk Island. While we were ashore, we struck up a conversation with a couple who had just come through the same gale. And we laughed out loud when the man announced that he would be changing the name of his boat to Bad Idea. And this, that evening, safely on the morning, surrounded by other sailors, we enjoyed some of the best food and the best company we have ever had something that we would have missed if I had persisted and not listened to the Spirit's no. 
It happens on land as well as on sea. Enter our first reading for this morning. Enter Moses. After fleeing Egypt, he was living the high life. He was married to a beautiful young woman. He had a guaranteed no-stress job working for her father. It was a charmed life. And then it happened through the voice of an angel, the Spirit spoke to him and said, No, no, you can't do this. Rather, you need to go back to Egypt and you need to set my people free. Ask yourself this morning if you've ever had an experience like that. You have your life all charted out. You know exactly who you are and exactly where you're going when suddenly the Spirit says no. Maybe when you were a little girl, you went into the city and saw the Nutcracker. And from that moment, you dreamed of being a ballerina. For several years, your parents drove you faithfully to dance classes. And then along came adolescence and the stunning news that your feet were too large. Or perhaps it happened during college, your declared major was pre-med, and then along came organic chemistry. Or maybe it was a relationship. On paper, the two of you looked pretty good. You had the same interests and hobbies. Both sets of parents approved, but the courtship never seemed to get off the ground. As much as you both tried, the chemistry just wasn't there. Or perhaps instead of listening to the Spirit, you went ahead and got married anyway, and for the next few years, it felt like you were heading straight into the wind. So one day you decide to separate. You both fell off 45 degrees, one to port and one to starboard. And today both of you are not only happier, but still good friends. One of my favorite authors, Quaker theologian Parker Palmer, wrote a very helpful little book titled Let Your Life Speak. In one of the chapters, he recalls a time when he was struggling to find the right vocation. He went to seminary in New York City. When that didn't feel right, he got a Ph.D. from Berkeley and began teaching at Georgetown. But he still felt like he was faking it. In his words, like he was wearing other people's faces. Have you ever felt like that? I know I have. Felt like I was wearing other people's faces. So being a Quaker, Palmer sought the advice of his Quaker friends, makes sense. How do I discover a new direction for my life, he asked them, to which they all replied in unison, have faith and way will open for you. Have faith and way will open for you. With honesty and humor, he writes, when they said that, I thought to myself, I don't have time for way to open for me. I'm approaching middle age at warp speed and I have yet to find a vocational path that feels right. The only way way has ever opened for me has been the wrong way. After a few months of deepening frustration, Palmer sought the advice of an older Quaker woman, well-known for her thoughtfulness and her candor. Ruthie, he said, people keep telling me that way will open. So I sit in silence, and I listen, and I pray my guts out, but way doesn't seem to be opening for me. To which Ruthie replied, I'm a birthright friend, and in the past 60-plus years of living, way has never opened for me. And then she was silent, and Palmer's heart sank. But then wise Ruthie spoke again, this time with a grin. 
but a lot of way has closed behind me. And that has had the same guiding effect. Palmer concludes, Ruth's honesty gave me a new perspective. Namely, there is as much guidance in what does not and cannot happen in my life as there is in what can and does, maybe even more. Well, that's a switch, isn't it? When's the last time you heard a motivational speaker say the guiding principle of a successful life is paying attention to the Spirit's no? It doesn't exactly fit with the American dream, the belief that we can achieve anything we desire as long as we work hard and long enough. Or that little children's story we all had drilled into our heads in kindergarten, the little train that could, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I can. Well, sometimes we cannot. And that's life. That's real life. That's real life guiding us toward new life and new beginnings. Bell sang it beautifully a few minutes ago. There's a balm in Gilead. There's also an alternative verse to that song that goes like this. If you cannot preach like Peter, if you cannot preach, pray like Paul, you can tell the love of Jesus and say that he died for all. In his book, Parting the Waters, Martin Luther King recalled how after graduating from Boston University with a doctorate in theology, two search committees had expressed interest in him. One was a prestigious pulpit in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and the other was a little church in Montgomery, Alabama. King interviewed in Chattanooga first. He preached his candidating sermon with zeal and passion in front of the entire congregation. And I know what this is like because I've been through it as a minister. After you do that, you have to go downstairs and hide in a parlor while they vote on you. It's awful. So he goes downstairs and he hides in the parlor and they take the vote and he comes back upstairs and the moderator gets up and says, sorry, you're not the one. So his fallback position was the job at that little church in Montgomery, Alabama. Three months after he arrived, Rosa Parks refused to give up her seat on that bus. And the next morning, the city and the nation erupted. The Montgomery community didn't know where to turn, so they asked this new, young, unproven preacher at Dexter Avenue Baptist Church if he could help them out. And as you know, it was that little church that became the catalyst for the civil rights movement. Sometimes the Spirit says no for a very good reason. Do you want to be happier than you are right now? Do you want to be less grumpy? Do you want to sleep better? Do you want to drink less alcohol and take less pills? Do you want to get rid of the headaches and the TMJ? Then by all means, listen for the Spirit's yes, but at the same time, I invite you to listen closely for the Spirit's no. Joseph Campbell put it eloquently, we must be willing to let go of the life that we have all planned out so we can embrace the life that is right out there waiting for us. That's precisely what happened to Paul, Timothy, and Silas. As soon as they dropped anchor in Troas, he had a dream. A man from Macedonia appeared and said, come and help us, Paul, for God's sake, we need you. And this time, the spirit, the wind, said yes. Sailing across the Aegean Sea, they arrived in Europe. 
And it was there by the riverside that they met a group of women who were praying. One of them was named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth and religious cloth. Lydia listened eagerly to what Paul had to say that day, so much so that she was baptized. Now stop and think about this for a moment, even though it's thousands of years away from us. Stop and think about this. If Paul had not listened to the Spirit's no, he would never have brought the gospel to Europe. He would never have met Lydia, who was the first European convert to Christianity. Hence, our Sunday morning commission. May we all pay attention to those telltale signs. May we all have the faith to unfurl the sails of our souls and trust that the Spirit is leading us forward to new beginnings and new life.